It's time to write a thank you note to your tailor, put away your chisels until tomorrow, and sacrifice an artichoke to your favorite mystery cult. Because it's time to talk tall to me. I'm Omen Said. And I'm Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes, and we are here as the hosts of Talk Tall to Me. Nick and I have been friends for almost two decades, and now, much like Virgil and Dante, we are making our way through the three worlds of Jethro Tull. We have just begun our voyage, and we are on the second album. The second album that is Stand Up. We are on track number four this week. Back to the family. Oh, Nick. Yeah? Can I be Dante this week? Fine, I guess. But I don't want to hold hands. Wow, Nick, what do you, um, first reactions, just say words, don't even make sentences. Pastoral. Pastoral. Ah, yes. Or pastoral. Or pastoral. (laughs) Or al pastor, like how I like some of my tacos. Al pastor was my Spanish teacher in high school. Oh my god. That's a terrible (laughs) mistake. So yeah, yeah, definitely. But but also there is the opposite of of pastoral, of pastoral. The the point of view of this, to me, feels like it is pastoral, or p- pastoral. I think we can say pastoral. Saying pastoral is weird. Yeah, I say pastoral. You're the one who said pastoral. <laughs> Listen, there's no no reason to, no reason to place blame here. Yeah, interesting. I I find. First of all, I just want to say that this is a song that I really strongly um, relate to. It resonates with me on such a deep level. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I, I feel like it's someone who, it is representative of someone who really is caught between the country life and the city life in a way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Abs- having, having originated in the country life. Right, but not necessarily feeling at home in either one. Yeah, there's a lot of comparison in the lyrics, but neither neither is saying one is better than the other. Neither is saying, oh, oh, look at how crappy this place is because it's better over here. No, it's literally just no, I totally agree. It's 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 um it's like a parable of the grass is always greener. Yeah. It's like, here, I am unhappy because of this, 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 and this. So I'm going to go to this place where I can finally do this. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm miserable here in a totally yeah. unique and different way. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no there's no bright side. There's there's no looking for for the best part of where you are at the moment. But it's it's also not... It's also not, oh, look at the city. Man, I wish I could go uber to get street tacos it's man i have to can you can you tell i don't i don't live in the city 
I just <laughs> that is that is all we do actually. I um that's why I was late to this. Hashtag Uber, hashtag Street Taco. I follow I follow City on Instagram. Get off of my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's that silliness aside. There's no looking at that where I where he is not and seeing a reason to go there. It's the reason that he left there. Right. While simultaneously complaining about where he is now. Right. He's like um he's like a cat. Never truly happy wherever they are? Correct. Yes, always wanting to go to the other side of the door. Oh. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I also I mean I also think that there's something deeper though than really just this the city country question here yeah i think that we could explore we could look at the title of the song because the title of the song is not back to the country right it's really about a um it's really about a, a group of people and i think it's both it's it's both his literal biological family that he visits in the country and then his chosen family if you will i know that's a very popular term right now but his his work family sure right and i think it's important to remember that like ian anderson was who who did write this note there are no other writers on this song yeah he was 21 22 right at this at this moment in 1969 on april the 21st 1969 when this song was recorded wow you got that that, that that's impressive. Yeah, I had my wheatgrass today. <laughs> so it's had to wash the taste of tacos out of my mouth. Ay. Ha- hashtag street tacos. Hashtag street mouth. Ha- has- <laughs> oh, oh lord. But I I think that you know, I'm just I'm just thinking back to like when I was 21 and 22, and I always I always did have this sensation of like oh if I you know if I go back to my to my mom's house or my dad's house like oh i can i can do this and they'll like take care of me or whatever and i'll I'll be able to relax you know i'll be able because because you know at that age you're still kind of a, a kid really oh yeah that's certainly the way that um that we raise kids in the states for sure yeah exactly and then i you know have a distinct memory of like going back there and being like oh I remember all the reasons why I was excited to leave home. Yeah. And it had really nothing to do with them. It was all, you know, it's, I think it's like the perception of that moment in, in your life. Sure. You've had that taste of freedom, but the, there is still a, even on, on a, on a very low level, there is still a, a certain sense of dependency because you're, you're still so fresh out of the nest. Right. But at the same time, you can't stand that you can't stand engaging with that dependency in a way. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You you once you're once you're out of the house, you there's no sense of transition. It's just a matter of, oh, I'm free, so I I shouldn't have to rely on on any of these people who raised me, basically. Right. Well, and as the line in the song says, doing nothing is bothering me. Yeah. I think I enjoyed all my problems where I didn't get nothing for free. That's exactly it. He had to, he being the narrator of, of the, the, the song, whether it's Jeffrey or Ian or Martin Lancelot Barr, we don't know. I, I think in this case, it really is Ian Anderson. I think it feels very autobiographical for sure. And it has, it has that really distinct sense of 
restlessness and workaholicness uh-huh. that I think is just really fundamental to, to who he is in his life as a person. Wasn't there a quote from him like much later on, you know, when, when we were going to concerts and things that he said somebody some interviewer was saying, Oh, you know, you, you travel so often for, for touring, what's it like to be home? And he said something like well, I never unpack my suitcase all the way. Yeah. Because I'm afraid that if I do, then I'll never go back out on the road again, and that terrifies me. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, logistically, it makes sense. He's right. been touring for the last, what is it, 50? 50 years. And And if he had that feeling, I mean, this was, even that was, let's say, 15 years ago. Sure. When he was in his 60s, at least. Yeah, right. If he still if he felt that way at that age, imagine how he felt when he was 21, 22. Yeah. He must have been a very energetic person. Manic almost. <laughs> Which is I think I've I've heard reviews of of a lot of his their early shows, his early performances as and that's one of the benefits of being on the flute is he could just he could twitch and and, and bop all over the stage. Well, right, and you can see on YouTube the performances. I saw I saw something today online that was that was him from one of those early concerts, and it's like it's the performance style is so different than what you would see anywhere on TV or a music video yeah. today in terms of a, or even in terms of a live performance. Yeah, he's not. He's literally he doesn't stand still. He doesn't not move ever he's constantly constantly in in motion oh yeah and and it was i think it was exacerbated by the fact that he always wore like really long coats he had super long hair his he right there so were even legs he did kicking in the air at all <laughs> times like he, he 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 was very he could barely hold it back it seems and even when we saw them 15 years ago granted he had probably a bionic hip at that point but but he was still like I st- even when he was planted behind the mic, I still remember him kind of bobbing and weaving and and when partially probably because of of his singing range, but also like when he was he would sing, he would I remember a very very specific memories of those high notes. He would tiptoe, he would he would stretch, he would stretch his body physically. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so physical. Yeah, even out. 60 or so he was he was all over the place yeah Whew. do you want to talk a little bit about the musical structure of this piece oh can we please yeah yeah go for it what do you what do you have there it's i didn't notice it until we sat down to to really kind of decipher things for this this show but the um the mellow levels of I need to get out of here. I need to go back to my family. And then that yeah. punch, that really quick shift of the the manicness again. And the electric guitar coming in. Of the yeah, that really heavy, heavy industrial almost feel to it of of when he's dun 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 Yeah. And I'll put in I'll put in the sound here. Oh, you don't you don't want me to do it? Squiddly dee dee, squiddly dee dee, squiddly dee dee dee. Squiddy dee 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 dee. 
that power of, I don't know if it's a buildup of rage or if it's really just the juxtaposition of country slash family to this, the city portion of it. But there's really that, that super, super strong twist. And then it, and then it drops, it drops so fast too. And then it goes back into the, yes, almost, it almost feels like a, um, a canter. Hmm. I just feel like a steady, like it goes into a steady, like, dun, 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 oh, dun. a canter being the, the, the trot of the horse. Yes. Not the singer in a Jewish religious ceremony. No, no one who can'ts you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a canter. That's the singer in the, in the, in Jewish, uh, at, at brisses ceremonies at a bris. I've never been to a bris, but, but at the, uh, at the B'nai Mitzvah that I went to, there was a cantor who was amazing. I imagine traditional Jewish, not folk songs, but religious song. No, it it's the it's the actual text. It's the actual. Oh, oh, okay. They you you literally sing the text of the of the Torah, the Hebrew, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like it's beautiful, but it's also like it's not like a song about the religion it literally is it is this, the religion, it is the religion. Yeah. it's it's so incredible anyway so yes the the horse pace yes of a canter yes yeah yeah totally well and I, I the thing that that for me the this the um the guitar change feels like is the difference between there's like this cycle that i go through sometimes and i and i this is part of the reason i've relate so so strongly to this song is that I often find myself being like oh well you know right now everything's kind of unbearable but you know I know when I get to this thing that I'm going to be doing or if I get to this place then everything's going to be great and then I get there and I think a lot of people have this experience and you get there and you realize that it's just it it's just like everywhere else. Yeah. It's just your life still. It just happens to be in a different place. And then you and then you get that, oh, I played myself almost feeling. Yeah. Or oh, you know, like that frustration. And then immediately you start to fantasize about the next place where if you go to everything will be fine. That's what I feel from this. Yeah. And the thing that I think is interesting is with the, the structure of it, I am curious. I wish we knew who played on each moment, because I think mm. that that mellow part that you talk about. The dim 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 and those verses. I think that's Ian Anderson on the guitar. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And then I think the dum 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 dum. I think that's Martin Barr coming in on the electric. That makes a lot of sense. With his hella precision and frickin' overdrive style, especially because so far we don't have a whole lot of proof behind this, but so far it feels like they are much more apt to have two people play the same instrument versus having taking multi-takes and multi-tracks. It could be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That would make a lot of sense. And Anderson is more specialized on the acoustic guitar and, and Martin Barr is, of course, more uh, more the master of the electric, I think. Yeah, more. That is, that is so far, I mean, it's, it's granted it's still early, but it certainly feels more his, his thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fact. Yes. I want to go back to to the thing the what you were talking about with getting to that place and kind of ruining it and then looking forward to the next 
portion or the the next leg, basically. Yeah. I don't see a fantasization of the next leg in this. Oh, interesting. I feel like this is post the first move, just after realizing how crappy this place is, too. But before that next step? Yeah. What about the verse? So the place where I'm getting that is, for instance, I'll get a train back to the city. That soft life is getting me down. The place I am now is getting me down. There's more fun away from the family. Get some action when I pull into town. I feel like he's looking forward to it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to roll into town. I'm going to roll into London. And there's going to be some action, some fun. Sure. I mean, I see that, but it's... I don't think we can really take that out of context. Look at literally the next verse. Everything I exactly. do is wrong. What the hell was I thinking? The phone keeps yeah. ringing all day long. I got no time for thinking. He's And that's that switch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's where that's in like that's in the music where it goes from that where it goes from that mellow kind of Yeah. Fan- fantasizing to that to the heart, to the electric reality. And that's him singing back in the city. That is a a a city verse. Yeah. Ex- yes, the next one. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, everything I do is wrong. So that everything I do is yes. wrong to me. Okay. You know what? I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I think that's enough. <laughs> now that I think about it with that musical transition in there, I think. Yeah. There's more fun away from the family. Get some action when I pull into town. That's that fantasiz- fantasization. And then that bump, bump, bump. That is him back in the city. And he realizes. That's like the cold. Wet newspaper to the face of reality. Stepping into... Did you ever see uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis, Coen Brothers, um, Oscar Isaac plays a folk folk artist? No, I don't think I ever did see that. I don't generally like the Coen Brothers, but I like it. I like their movies that are based around music. Okay. And it's his... It's just this tragic tale of this artist, this broke folk artist that is trying desperately to get to Chicago to audition for a guy that is that could could really launch his career in in this club. Right, right. He gets I don't know if he gets off the bus. I forget how he gets there, but he, there's an adventure just getting to Chicago, but he's he he doesn't have a winter sure. coat. He doesn't have boots. So he's in this this ragged suit coat right. in these like crappy shoes and he's walking through like snow above his ankles. And that's that's the that's the cold newspaper in the yeah. face to me is like having to trudge through the snow under the L to yeah, get to this yeah. dive bar. Yeah, no, no, I think that's absolutely I think that's spot on. And I think that if you put it into the context of where Ian Anderson was in this part of his life, I mean, like they just they had their first album out. They they like ground and ground and ground and then they got their first album out and then they kind of like got a bump of fame and played at a bunch of festivals. And they now they have their second album out and they've got some singles that's not a secured career no that's still you're still even with success you still that's still the grinding 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 phase and so i imagine there were times that he probably burned out and was just like oh my god i just want to go back to scotland and look at some ducks but then then he starts to get the itch because he's so accustomed to running around like like an insane person yeah and probably has underlying conflicts with his father. I mean, not to like... That is a very broad not assumption. To go, not to go so deep on this, but judging from some of the other songs that he wrote over the years, I'm willing to bet... I mean, I... I there maybe were some daddy issues. 
I love why daddy why as much as the next person, but. <sighs> and also, I'll never be happy because of you. The the three minutes of just crying with Martin Barr <laughs> laughing in the background. I just, I, I can only listen to it so many times. <laughs> That's a great concept album, though. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, just just keep the mic running after we get off this session. <laughs> I really like his voice in this song. Oh, yeah. It's not the full-on Jeffrey. No, it, it sounds earnest in a way. It feels very genuine. It feels like like it's Ian Anderson singing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a... Well... I mean, Ian Anderson has said that he's not really a, a singer, per se. He wasn't a, a singer right. in the beginning, and he was just the least bad singer out of the group when they started. And I feel like there's something... You know what? I'm going to... This may shock you. I hesitate to even say it. There are... I have difficulty sometimes with his phrasing of lines. Like, I hear him sing it, and then I look at the, and then I look at the lyric, and I'm like... Why would you sing it that way? Like, why would you put the emphasis on that syllable? You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. It sometimes annoys me if I think about it, but at the same time, it's what makes him so unique. Sure. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is just my totally personal interpretation of it, but I feel like that gives it a a more, that deepens the sense of like vulnerability in some of these songs, which feel very personal, which we're assuming are personal. Because there is a quote-unquote imperfection. There is a vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have the polished feel of somebody who has been really trained to sing in, in any particular style at all. Sure, right. I would love for you to point out the next time you feel that. Um, doesn't even have to be this song, but but I it's I, I'd be curious to hear. In the next episode, my goal will be to point out one of those moments. All right, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Could it... I mean, yes, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with little to no training slash experience. Right. But could some of it just be... I mean, he speaks with a pretty standard standard British accent now, but I mean, did he have a Scotch thing going on in 69? You know, like... I don't think so. I don't think so, because I've heard, you know, on, on some of the live recordings, you hear him speak, and he doesn't sound... Oh, yeah, that's true. He doesn't sound like some kind of a... a, a he doesn't have a heavy a heavy brogue or anything. That's true. But he his diction was garbage back then. I mean, he was very mumbly and uh in the live recordings, you mean? Not necessarily. I'm thinking more like really early interviews. Even back in Could have just been because of the microphone was drunk. I don't I'm supposed to cut off the microphone after two beers. Uh I I even um <laughs> the live at the Isle of Wight I, I believe they interview him. Oh, yeah? At least, like, for a little bit. I, I seem to recall somewhere seeing back when he was he had that long hair and, and was just a um, kind of a... A, a wild man. Yeah, that, that wildling hooligan. And I, I seem to remember him just being kind of muffly and kind of head down and, and I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm manufacturing that. No, maybe he, maybe he hadn't become really good at speaking publicly at that point i mean that's my thought i do he wasn't he wasn't in front man mode essentially you know well i think you know there there are a lot of people who performers who are who are shy or introverted mm-hmm. 
but who can, in front of an audience, really, really, really become very outgoing and and really connect with with a large audience, but find it you know more difficult to connect with a with a small group or or speak without the mask of the performance in a way. Right. Exactly. It's 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 communicating through the performance as opposed to that that genuine connection really being naked with just your long hair to hide you he was he in the musical hair at any point that would explain that a lot um no no but but i am naked at this at this moment with all of your hair behind you (laughs) (laughs) my hair is longer now than it has been in uh in a while really yeah look i i mean i guess i've know that Wow, yeah, I guess so. See? I didn't realize that. Radio listeners, are you not shocked by the length of my hair? Can't you see how long his hair... Can't you hear how long his hair is? Oh, let me see if I can... All right, my hair is... No. My hair is this long. (laughs) (laughs) Nick. Yeah? Is there anything else that you want to say about this song? That's it for my notes. This is the first song... I think this is the first song off of stand up that I really feel like they're the, the first three are really good as, as we've said in the last three weeks. Yeah. But every Jethro Tull song we both agree is amazing. I mean, let's not go that far. We're gonna have to backtrack that one, (laughs) but this is one of the first songs that really hits it for me. That really, that I, I feel a connection with. Yeah, I agree. Both thematically and musically. Yeah. The music is, is just really uh, there are a few songs on this on this album this song the next one look into the sun we used to know and reasons for waiting those four are just gorgeous songs they're just so beautiful mm. and um it, it's just it's just one of the first ones of the tall oeuvre that really Ooh. yeah i had i had a little gas there a little did you have some did you have some cheese for dinner this evening is that what happened it was it was swiss cheese which is peculiar <laughs> That it's the it's one of the first ones that really does it for me. That really hits hits it. Yeah, same here. And as you said, the next episode we'll talk about "Look into the Sun," yep, which is also a favorite of mine. So be sure to clear your schedule for next Tuesday, six a.m. And you know what? You might want to take off Wednesday as well, just to recover. Yep. I mean, you can always go into work if you feel up to it, but it's it's better to be safe than sorry. <laughs> That's right. Omen. Nick. If this song were a family member. Oh, God. What family member would it be? What, a personal family member of mine? No, 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 no. Just in general. Like in, in the in the footprint of an extended family. Oh. What kind of family member would it be? Like the the hot second cousin that you don't know whether or not you can make out with. Wow. You, that was... There was no editing trick there. That was, that was on the tip of your tongue. Well, you asked. I mean, I know, I know, and I'm I'm both impressed and disturbed. Oh, in most states, actually, you can legally marry your first cousin. Really? Yeah. That seems okay. I'm not. I was I was going to make a p- political reference. Not gonna. Charles Darwin did it. He married his first cousin. That's true. That's yeah. true. And they were. I think they were actually like in love. Oh, very, very in yeah. love. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in the same gene pool, too, actually. Definitely the same species. <laughs> at, at least. At least. We can, we, can, we can confidently say that. He confirmed that. 
All right. I think that does it. That's enough slander of uh, of a, a great scientist for for one evening. <laughs> yeah. Do the thing. Rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell your friends. When you do go back to the family, tell them about Talk Told Me, please. Oh, that was good. Oh, you like that one? Yeah, I did. All right. The last one made you sigh heavily. <laughs> if you, if you have, <laughs> if you have a commute, um, Talk Told Me is a great way to pass the time on that commute. <laughs> That's a, that a stellar endorsement right there. Thank you. <laughs> so come on back in a week. We will discuss Look Into the Sun. And in the meantime, don't forget to tie your shoes. I'm Omen Sade. And I'm Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Talk Tall to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.